Got it back to the blue line. The Leafs are able to break it out. And Marner is with Matthews in across the line. Two on one to Matthews. Scores! Holy Mackinac, what a one-timer! And Austin Matthews continues to sizzle on his way to 40 goals in this season. Another night, another 4-1 victory. The Maple Leafs extend the win streak to four games. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Leafs Nation post-game podcast. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter. Thanks to producer Sam McKee for putting it all together. And even after making wholesale changes to the lineup here in the back-to-back, Toronto has no problem around uh, with this Vancouver Canucks team. 4-1 the final. The Canucks look rather gassed in this one. But Gord, since the five-game winless skid, the Maple Leafs have riled off four in a row as they hunt down the uh, division title here. Yeah, another one bites the dust, Nick. Right, like bring on the playoffs is kind of the kind of the feel right now. I, I like what, and again, I, I went back to that Vancouver game a week ago Sunday, and I, I found it disconcerting. And really, since those games against Vancouver, the Maple Leafs have got back on track and back at a good place. And another impressive win tonight. So on the season, the Maple Leafs now 4-3-1 against the Vancouver Canucks. It was like a carbon copy of the victory against Montreal where I thought Toronto had a dominant start, and once they felt, you know, Montreal had no shot, that was it. Uh, you know, auto uh, cruise control from there, I should say. Uh, even the fact that Nylander scores the first goal, Matthews scores the second goal, and uh, again, another victory. Uh, Matthews, another game-winning goal. He's been on fire, and it just seems like he's stalking 40 goals at this point, doesn't it, Gord? Boy, he, he strikes. Huh? He strikes with that quick shot. I mean, last night it was more spectacular, but uh, today more from the side, but so quick. You're right. You know, it's just uh, what a pleasure to watch. He has been really since day number one, but just just oozing an element of confidence, I think, that way about. And, and, I, and I hope that uh, permeates through a team because he did. He was the one guy. Maybe there was one or two others. I can't remember, but he was the one guy that played well against Columbus in the bubble last summer. And uh, yeah, he's really seeming to bring it. Want want to be in a in a certain in a certain projection individually, and the team seems to be going that direction as far as the regular season about to end. The eleventh game-winning goal of the season just speaks volumes to the type of campaign Austin Matthews is having. Uh, now thirty-six goals. He needs four in his final six games to get to 40, but it seems like it's going to be a cruise to get to the uh, Rocker Richard at least. Speaking of cruising, Gord, uh, I didn't notice much in terms of the workload of David Riddick. Um, Vancouver looked gassed, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. And, and I say that with empathy. I say that with yeah. empathy. Uh, you know, we're talking to Jim Neal earlier about what the Dallas Stars have been through. Uh, they had two hiccups along the way in restarts, and it's tough. But the Canucks had the largest stop of anybody. It was late in the year, and you know, the Leafs kind of gave him some hope with those two wins early on. But, man, it's so many games. You can't even practice. You can't even, you know. And, again, even in the Canucks case, because they got hit so hard by it, harder than any other team apparently as far as COVID goes, uh, that, you know, you're flat out exhausted. I think Travis Green played the card that he doesn't do very often last night where he, he really reamed them out when they were down 3 nothing. That's not really his style, but he just thought he had to try to do something to jumpstart them. But they're – you know, there was an element, Nick, about they're, they're kind of dead man walking right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got nothing left. Uh, again, what was it, 13 games in 21 days following their break, and you can really, really tell. Again, it just, not not to, you know, keep going back to the fact, but I still don't know how the Maple Leafs were embarrassed. I called it an embarrassment losing th- those two games in Vancouver, especially the way the Canucks are playing right now. But we've moved past it. Maple Leafs playing much better as of late. 
Uh, getting David Riddick that victory is great too as well. 15 saves, not overly tested. But I mentioned off the top, the wholesale changes. Did not see that coming, but Riley, Muzzin, Felino, Campbell out. Hutton, Lilligren, Engvall, and Hutchinson backing up. What did you make of those changes, Gord? Well, as, as long as there's not a significant injury with any of those first guys you mentioned that were out, and I don't believe there is, I loved it. I loved it. I, I mean, I, I, I think you just have to get some reps for these guys. You have to hope that you're going to go deep, which means you're going to have to go a little deeper using personnel, whether you know it's attrition, it's injuries, it's a number of things. So uh, I like that. I hope he continues to do more of that. I mean, Rasmus Sandin has really, really seized the opportunity since he, what, 10 days ago, he started getting some reps. Lilligren, I don't quite have at the same level as Sandin right now as far as being NHL ready, but you know, good to see him play. They got Hutton for a reason, depth on D. You don't want his first game to be in the playoffs. And, you know, the only one I, I hope out of all these things is that there is a, say, two games that Freddie Anderson ultimately will be able to start. I mean, that's for down the road. But what he controls is, you know, making some changes. And I think right now on the back-to-backs, it's not a bad idea to do it. Leafs Nation, including producer Sam McKee, fired up with Rasmus Sandin and the way he's playing one assist, a plus two in this game. He saw uh, more minutes, obviously, with Riley and Muzzin out, and I think he exceeded expectations again, and we're, we're really starting to see the growth the last little while, Gord. Well, we really are, and I, and I mean, you know, you and I have talked about it before. I, I, I found it a bit of a mystery. He had not been given the chance, then he got hurt. So um, it's, you know, and I hope it, that's the way some of the guys in the OHL who didn't get to play any games this year, you can still develop and have a strong season and, you know, move forward that way without playing actual games. It's tough to miss a whole year. Sandine didn't miss a whole year, but he was missing close to it. And uh, it's nice to see that he's made the best of his time. Morgan Riley's a great example. Under Randy Carlisle as the coach, like he had a whack of games. And I really I really thought they'd made a mistake having him up as an underage and then missing so many games as a healthy scratch. But it's it's what you do with that. And it's how you how you grow rather than stagnate. And, you know, it's, again, it's not Razzo Sandin hasn't played like double digit games. But right now it seems like he's made valuable use of that. I just love the word maintenance, especially this time of year. They don't want to call it load management, but you got like seven-year-olds playing in like Joe Thorne, Jason Spezza and, and company, and, and Wayne Simmons is a bit older, obviously not uh, to the age of those guys, but guys like Felino sitting out, Muzz and Riley, but so be it. And I, I think we're also at a point where, especially when it comes to Thornton, I think it's more of a detriment than anything to have him out of the lineup because once he, he, you know, he, he doesn't have it fired up, it's tough to get going again, right? Yeah, and he missed so many games due to the injury, and he's just you're right. And I think you're, he's yeah. he's back in a, he's back in a flow right now. He's back in a vibe. He's got the the wheels going. You can always cut back his minutes. He never is one of those guys that will play 23 minutes in a game that way. So I, I think you know Sheldon Keefe really has a great handle uh, about all aspects of the players. You know whether you know ice time and everything else. And and I thought he, he exhibited that both by who he chose to dress and then by some of the others other moves he made tonight. We got to give a round of applause. You see it through my microphone here in podcast form. Gord, I was just so fired up with a Maple Leaf finally addressing somebody. I know Vancouver media was not happy. Alex Edler should be put on a pedestal, but you have to stand up for your actions. And he laid out Zach Hyman. I think anytime this happens in the league, more times than not, somebody addresses that situation. Wayne Simmons addressed it. He pumped him real good. Um, credit to both sides, by the way. And we moved on with the hockey game. There weren't theatrics after it. I had no problem with what went down tonight. 
I started applauding with you. I didn't know what I was applauding I for yet, but I, I <laughs> applauded. And I, I, I applaud now again what you had to say. And uh, I can remember years ago when Mark Osborne was my partner on these broadcasts. And it was a Philadelphia-Toronto game. And, and Dion Phaneuf was getting like a little chirpy and yappy. And there was a face-off against the Philadelphia Flyers. And I forget who the coach of the Flyers was, but he made one move. Wayne Simmons came out mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to cut the crap. I'm going to cut the crap. And uh, there, there still to me can be a role for that. I know it's been debated about why does Edler have to fight, but you know, Wayne Simmons decided nobody's had been accountable for this for what, 10 years for the Toronto Maple Leafs, whatever the number may be, maybe going back to the Colton or era. It's, it's probably yeah. right. Going back to the Colton or era. And he just decided and apparently in the pregame warm-up, uh, it, was, it was set up. Uh, Maine Simmons made it clear to Edler uh, this was what's going to happen. You don't ever want to repeat of the Todd Bertuzzi-Steve Moore situation. I think that's everyone's worst fear. And, uh, yeah, just went at it. And, you know, Edler, I mean, again, you get to it. If Edler turtles or whatever, um, you know, is Simmons, looked at, is Simmons looked as a Todd Bertuzzi type for being a bully and beating the crap out of him? I don't know, but... You know, Edler decided he would engage, and it looked like he uh, he took a, a a cut kind of thing or or one on his cheek, and anyway, almost it upwards. He he did a lot worse damage to Zach Hyman. He got a two game suspension. I mean, they may be home and watching the playoffs on TV, the Vancouver Canucks, but that was a dirty hit. Doesn't mean he's a dirty player. That was a dirty hit he did on Zach Hyman. Yeah, and to be fair, he he sort of did turtle in the fight. Like you could tell, he didn't really want to be at it, but he knew, you know, the code, if you will, quote unquote, and he stood up. And I I applaud both guys for that. And I'm happy that finally Maple Leaf addressed the situation. We've been talking about all season long. That's exactly why Wayne Simmons was hired and brought in to this team uh, to answer the bell in situations like that. So job well done to Wayne Simmons. And that was sort of something I was looking at the last couple games. Certainly the vets, right, and the internal competition. Um, I don't think it's a shock to see these guys going all of a sudden and a coincidence at that guys like Spetz and Simmons and Thornton post deadline, the postseason just around the corner. And they know there's some competition around them for playing time, namely Brooks and Engvall who scored tonight, Gord. Yeah, I, I think they're aware of that, but I also think they're aware of a team that they were brought in for leadership and also some moves were made for grit, sandpaper, whatever you want. And uh, even when Kyle Dubas acknowledged that last summer, because that had been their mantra. And the year before it was the Leafs doubled down on total skill, not worried about size, the way they've drafted all those things. And and it's uh, it's funny because it, it got out of whack because of the Nassim Kadri situation in two consecutive playoffs. And first the extreme actions he took that led to a suspension and then the perception because he had to take those actions that the Leafs were a soft team and it, it wasn't right. It, it ended up being a, a negative. I still, uh, again, I'm not going to physically applaud him, but I understand where Nazi was coming for. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Give him credit in a sense, at least, at least the first one, at least the first one about what he's trying to do. And and it's not, it's, it's a team. If you want to call it team toughness, team grit, team sandpaper, you know, team playing that heavy hockey, it's not, you know, you know again, we, we use Matt Martin as the example. One guy, single-handedly, he, he couldn't. He had to have the, the aura of being with Clutterbuck or Zizekas or just what, you know, the Islanders had. It's not one guy that can do it. it has to be the team. You never know what kind of sound effects or ambiance you're going to hear here on the Leafs Nation postgame podcast. Um, speaking of which, uh, Willie Nylander has, has been very, very loud with his play. You know, it, it's sort of ironic ever since uh, he was late or, or missed the team uh, meeting. 
He has been on fire, Gord. He's actually the Nylander of, you know, we've seen the last couple of years when he has it, controlling the puck, controlling the game. I, I thought he was outstanding tonight. How'd you feel? Yeah, I really did. And I'm not saying, like, like Willie Nylander's been in the doghouse before, and he's kind of seems to be okay handling. He understands yeah. the ebbs and flows. But it's interesting with what Paul Maurice did with Mark Shifley, for example, and we'll see how that plays out, that – that Sheldon Keefe decided that with Willie Nylander, he 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 cut him a little bit of slack about it. I mean, they did have a a couple of injuries in that particular game, and and again, nobody ever tells shares the true facts about everything. But it's understood that or it's felt that that day there was that big phone outage. There wasn't phone yeah. service for most of the day, and what have you. That Sheldon Keefe didn't have to prove, well, I'm the boss, and whatever. That nowadays. And there was a reasonable ex, uh, reasonable ex, uh, explanation on Nylander's part. And, and Nylander just really has has taken that and, and continued on a, on an excellent level. And I, I, I think Sheldon, I think Sheldon Keith, you know, he didn't show any sign of weakness by what he did. And it's funny, you can see by the play of Alex Galchenyuk, the desperation level of his play tonight. You could sense that he knows that. The writing could be on the wall come playoff time if he doesn't up his play. So that's why we talk about, yeah, it's important to rest guys this time of year, which they did certainly tonight. But for guys like Galchenyuk, uh, you know, their playoff lives, so to speak, at least to begin are on the line. And I thought he was much better tonight. How'd you feel about his game? Yeah, I did. It's funny. You know, one of the guys, Jimmy Vesey, who got to play on the second line at the start of the year is on the other team in Vancouver. Yeah. And again, uh, again, Sheldon Keefe giving giving Galchenyuk decent ice time and decent opportunities. And and uh, I think he's already proved that he could be one of the spice. I don't want to call him the spice boys, but it seems like that's <laughs> kind of what if you're uh, not in the top six or what I say top eight. After that, you're one of those guys that can be interchangeable for different reasons. For Sheldon Keefe, I think for his plans going in the playoffs, and 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 and, and Galchenyuk will be there. He 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 will be there. But from being this pleasant surprise early on, that saying, "Wow, that's like a trade deadline pickup." The way he was playing, that hasn't been the case. But yeah, it was a, it was a better effort tonight. Although I, I really don't know who had a poor effort so much tonight because it really wasn't there. Really wasn't much much fight in the opponents. Oh, you're right. And uh, I was almost shocked that Vancouver actually scored, and I was disappointed because it came on the power play. I was ready to come on and say, "Hey, this team is really on the mend." Power uh, PK wise, and they're they're playing much better than they surrender power play goal. But that's sort of what happens sometimes. And you just look at this season in general for Vancouver. You know, a lot of it's been without Elias Pettersson, of course. The COVID break, they just they look absolutely finished tonight. Uh, just starting this game and the way it went again, it was uh, to me eerily similar to the Montreal game uh, in the back to back board. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And you know, before they got that huge COVID pause. Vancouver, I, I think it's two they lost. They lost two in a row, but they'd actually played uh, great. They'd actually mm. played great. They'd actually been on a, a, a tear. They, uh, you know, looked like they were out of it early and, and looked like they were coming. And then with what they did against the Leafs, um, I thought that everyone thought that would be the toughest test there. But once they got over that, uh, it, not that it would be easy, but I don't know. It just, you know, quite often it's, it's like a lot of things you'll hear about like an NFL player or something like that playing a, playing a football game with 104 temperature and having a phenomenal game and then having to crawl into bed for five days or something, you know? And I think in a lot of cases that might've been the Vancouver Canucks, that first game or two against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's always funny to get both sides. Of the story I mentioned earlier, Vancouver media is uh, unhappy with Wayne Simmons. They felt like he should have got the uh, instigator penalty, but isn't it more so the code of this league, quote unquote, and the way it usually happens? Like, if Edler didn't want to scrap, he wouldn't have dropped his gloves, right, Gord? Um, 
I, 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 it, it's debatable. It's debatable. You know, you, you, it, it's funny. His, uh, um, I don't like using the expression manhood, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. the term being tested or what have you. I, I think there could be an argument that you, you Simmons could have got the minor penalty. Um, yeah. I, and you know, but I, again, for a city that went through the Todd Bertuzzi thing, oh. I know it's all, I know it's a long time ago. I understand that. I understand that, but now nah, give me a break. That, that, that was a cheap, dirty hit that really injured Zach Hyman. Fortunately, Alex Edler isn't hurt to that degree. You don't want to see anyone get hurt, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I would have expected it if, you know, pick a defenseman on the Leafs that had done it and the puck was dropped and someone on Vancouver uh, came at him in the same fashion. And again, it just shows you how, how much the game has changed in, say, the last 15 years, where it would have almost been elementary 15 years ago that this would have happened, and now it's happened and it's caused a big stir, although nothing came of it after. And it, it went down exactly the way it should have went down, that they scrapped and we moved on, and uh, everybody was accountable for their actions, and that's the way it should be, Gord. And next thing you know, Gord, there's six games remaining in this regular season. Next up, another date a home date to wrap up the season series with the Vancouver Canucks coming up on Saturday night on 680 News. Can't wait for this one. 4-3-1 and one in the season against Vancouver, and I think it's the expectations. We'll see guys like Riley, Muzzin, and Felino, and probably Campbell back in the lineup. Yeah, I would think we would. And, you know, and, and again, to me, the the code in a lot of ways that people scratch your head is when, when you level someone with a clean hit, why do you have to fight? Yeah. And I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm with that. I don't understand that sometimes, but a dirty hit's different Saturday. Yeah. It's kind of like, boy, we're not used to this. If you've been following the Toronto Maple Leafs to be so, so home and cooled out for the playoffs. Usually there's always been, you know, mathematical chances that uh, uh, you had to keep going at it. And then, Hey, first place, even even when they won Stanley Cups, and I know that's a long time ago, whatever it is, uh, the, for, they only came first place one, one of the four times they won Stanley Cups in the 60s, and even the, the four times, twice under Pat Burns and twice under Pat Quinn, that they've made it to the Final Four. I think, I think they only came first in the division once, so it's... Uh, it's not something that Leaf fans have been able to celebrate, so why not? Why not? Let's let's go get it. And, of course, the key right now is to stay motivated and not get complacent. As we've seen time and time again with plenty of teams, we thought were perennial contenders to do something in the playoffs. And I think that's part and parcel why, why Sheldon Keefe elected to make some changes and put some hungry guys in the lineup who wanted to make uh, you know, their voices heard. Guys like Ben Hutton who come over in a depth move at the deadline from the Anaheim Ducks. Um, You know, I I think that is the key. I know six games are remaining. And the other thing we'll be watching as well, Austin Matthews scored. Uh, If I were to put you on the spot right now, which I'm about to, does he get to 40 goals? He he needs four and six to wrap up this season. Okay. I'm getting caught up in the wave right now. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Just, uh, and, uh, that that that's a stunning number in this in this shortened season. But I just you know last year I really uh, hey the again the pause there, there's way way worse things. But I was really really loving the race with Pasternak and Alexander Ovechkin, and I'm still curious. They played all 82 games. Uh, if Austin might not have won it, but like I said this year he's put himself in a whole whole different stratosphere as far as it goes. And I liked what you said on Sportsnet 590, the fan, on Thursday, that he already, in your eyes, could be the best Maple Leafs goal scorer of all time. I know you mentioned it on the podcast last night. Uh, I'm right there with you. Just every night, he does something different. Like, he did the spinorama tonight. I never saw that coming uh, in Montreal on Wednesday night. It was the cra- crazy, um, you know, ha- hand-eye, and then and then the quick release. Like, it just seems like he has so much in that toolbox, Gord. 
Well, and social media, which is is really your territory that you excel in so many ways. I I had to make it clear after because I, I I know Ricky Vive quite well. Uh, I I know Daryl Sittler really well. He's a neighbor. Uh, I know Matt Sandin well, not as well as the other guys. I respect all they've done, and it's not a slight against those three guys. It's not a slight at all. I I look at Borja Salming as the gold standard of Leaf defenseman that I've seen, and I kind of use it from 1970 on. So I'm not counting the teams that won Stanley or players that won Stanley Cups in the 1960s. But yeah, I just thought, and last night hammered at home that, you know, I saw Ricky Vive score 350 goal seasons. I'm just talking about, wow. Like Ricky, mm. Ricky was never up there in the Hart Trophy voting or what have you. I mean, Austin Matthews, he's that kind of guy. Like, like he, he is, he is, he is the real deal that way. And just the way he scored that goal last night with all the different elements that went into it was phenomenal. Would you say the the torch has officially been passed from Alex Ovechkin to Austin Matthews as the league's top goal scorer? Uh, you know that, and it's funny that debate. I I, I thought always thought Alex Ovechkin was going to break the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think COVID may cost him that, which is really really unfortunate. Answer your question though. Yes, uh, a lot of it is even though Alexander Ovechkin is ageless. Um, that's a small part of it. The bigger part is what, like every year, how Austin Matthews has brought his game up. Like, you know, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, back to back years, they were the underage guys that played center. Like, you don't play, like, center, you got, like, that's a real hard position. Quite often, you play wing for a year and you move to center if you're an 18 or 19 year old because you've got to learn to play both ends of the ice and all these things. And I, I, I just like, and then even his shooting style, how he, he just worked on, you know, the release. The angle, the you know, like the whole thing. Like um, I know, I know he didn't get an A plus in physics, but as far as it pertains to trajectory and figuring out his shot and all that stuff, uh, he got he gets an A plus in that, Nick. And I think he's got to be a finalist at this point for the Hart Trophy. Just the type of season he's having. And we'll, we'll leave on this note. Uh, the number fifty five. What does it mean to you in in Leafs uh, greatness, Gordon? Uh, fifty five. What, Larry Murphy? Uh, no, Ben Hutton. Uh, also worn by Andreas Borgman, Victor Love, and Corbinian Holzer. Number 55 for Ben Hutton in your program, Gore. Do they still yeah. make programs? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, number <laughs> hot chestnuts, programs, all that. I forgot what number Larry Murphy wore. I, I thought it was – anyway, it doesn't really matter. But uh, uh, You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, – it's, he, he was he – was, he was kind of the – well, no, we said everything, you know. And yeah. I, I, I like that the guy seems to have some kind of personality and pizzazz, I think – because there's an element of seriousness with the Leafs, which I respect, but I think that with Joe Thornton coming on board, you you need a little bit of looseness. And and he seems like when I say loose cannon, I say that with affection. That you know you, you need somebody that can do that. And and Brian Burke talked about that. He talked about when he was with the Anaheim Ducks, and they won the Stanley Cup. Like he he needed uh, he needed to bring in um, some personality. A couple of guys that were loud. Brad May was one of them. Just because you. You need that if you got a dressing room that's a little too serious. Can never have enough locker room, guys. Goes without saying. We have plenty here at Leafs Nation. Uh, Gord, excellent stuff. And we'll uh, reconvene coming up on Saturday night, wrapping up the season uh, series with the Vancouver Canucks, starting with Leafs Nation pregame at 6.30. Don't forget the game will be on 680 News on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get a great, uh, like we do on 590, same thing with 680, a great range that way. And uh, let's see if the Leaf juggernaut can keep going. Can we get a Paul Cook on to do the Sokolov report at the intermission? You know, Paul Cook's on my men's curling team. We didn't get yes, to I do. this past year, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And he's a huge fan. He is a huge, he's a huge fan of the fan and a huge Toronto Maple Leaf fan. So let's see. Yeah, let's see if we can get him on instead of Zach Hyman to do the Sokolov ad. I, I'm sure he would do that. It, it's, a, it's a long ad right now. Okay, Gord, we'll talk on Saturday, okay? 
Sounds good, Nick. All right, there you have it. Professional broadcaster Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Many thanks to Sam McKee for putting it all together. The Maple Leafs win it 4-1. They've won four in a row.